Hey, welcome to the Hello Mornings podcast, where our goal is to inspire and equip you to build a grace-filled, life-giving morning routine. My name is Kat Lee, and today our guest is Jess Connolly. And Jess is going to share how she builds habits in the midst of an unpredictable life as an entrepreneur, a pastor's wife, a mom, and an author. And y'all, I had so much fun learning from her, and I know that you are too. I'm a little late in releasing this episode because I have been swamped with drumroll. I can't drumroll, so I'm just going to say drumroll. Releasing a book, you guys. The Hello Mornings book released just a couple weeks ago on December the 5th. And the response has been incredible. It hit number one in its category on Amazon, and the reviews have been amazing. So I just want to thank those of you who pre-ordered the book or who have bought the book, and I hope that you've been enjoying it and learning so much for from it and are excited about 2018 and the changes that hopefully you'll be able to implement as a result of what you're learning from the book. Now, if you don't have a copy yet, it is the perfect time of year to order a couple copies for you and some friends and start a book club. And in fact, we've created a Hello Mornings book club kit just for you to make it as easy as possible to start a book club. Even if you've never done it before, even if you're really busy, we give you everything from the copy and paste text invitation that you can put in an email or a text message to your friends to invite them to be a part of the book club to ideas on exactly how to structure your book club, when to meet, how to meet. We give you graphics, we give you printables, we give you a reading plan, discussion questions for every single meeting, everything you need so that you don't even have to think about it. But in a very simple way, you can create a community around a habit that you're wanting to learn to build or to grow. So just head over to hellomorningsbook.com and you can download our book club kit. And If you order 10 or more copies in one order and send us a copy of the receipt, I will Skype in to one of your book club meetings. And how much fun will that be? I was actually able to go to a real life book club here in Waco a few weeks ago with some friends that are reading through the book. And it was just an amazing, amazing time. And I would love to be part of your book club as well. So if you do that, send us that receipt and you can just send it to catlee at hellomornings.org. And I would love to jump in on one of your book club meetings. And whether you start a book club or you just pick up a copy, you know, I honestly, I honestly believe that the research and the ideas in Hello Morning's book can help you make 2018 your best year yet. So if you've been following Hello Morning's for years and you think, what else can I learn from them? I would say 95% of the content in this book has never been shared anywhere, just full of great research and tools and stories and simple action steps. And I've made it easy, not just to start a morning routine, but to build it into a transformative part of your life. So yeah, head over to hellomorningsbook.com or you can go to your local Barnes and Noble or Lifeway and order a copy or 10 to get your new year started off right. All right, let's dive into our chat today with Jess Conley. Hey, Jess, how are you doing? So good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm thrilled to have you on the Hello Mornings podcast. Uh, So for our listeners who may not know you yet, can you give us a little bit of a Jess Conley uh, 101, I guess we could say? (laughs) Well, I'm a weirdo. I (laughs) I like always, uh, yeah, awkward, awkward girl all around. Um, No, I'm a, my head, I am awkward, but 
that, you know, I'm sure you want to hear more than that. Um, my husband and I live in Charleston, South Carolina, where we lead a church and, um, we have four amazing, fun, wild kiddos. And we also, um, co-own a small business called all good things collective. And we, um, and I also travel to speak and write books. So we've got, we've got some full days going on over here. You've got some things happening there. Yes. So between, so essentially you're a pastor's wife and an entrepreneur and a mom of four. Yes. What do your mornings look like? Oh man, they're really different. I'll say, um, they're really different. They're really different than, um, eat from, from day to day. And they're, they're kind of always evolving, but I have, I have like three typical different mornings. So, um, one would be that I get up about an hour or an hour and a half before my kiddos get up and just get some time in the word, get some time in the Bible, um, have some prayer time, look at what's going on in my day, plan the day. Um, or often I, a few times a week, just based on my exercise schedule, I'll get up, um, and kind of immediately get ready to go to the gym and go to the gym first and then come back and kind of start my day or on, on very rare occasions, not very rare, I guess more like once or twice a week. Um, the week is written in that a way that I just have to get up and go, whatever we're doing, that would be like Sunday mornings. Um, there is no kind of time for like slow pause (laughs) for me or, um, you know, just a few mornings like that a week, I travel a good bit and in my, in my heavy season, I'm traveling about once a week. And so sometimes it looks like just catching the 5am flight. So just got to get up and go, you know? Um, so yeah, one of those three, it's not the same every day. I'm a very rhythmic person. I wish I started my day the same every single day, but it's one of those three variations. So how do you having a very um, varied life. If I can just use the word twice, Yeah, having a very, having a very varied life, how do you stay in an overall rhythm of time with God and planning Mm. and exercise? Because usually the variety is what throws people off, but you're able to continue that. How do you do that? Yeah. Well, I will just say that the variety throws me off. So let's keep it on there. It's a, it, I get that. It's very real. I mean, when women say to me like, Oh, I don't, you don't understand. I can't have a quiet time or I can't exercise. Like my schedule is different every day. I'm like, Oh sister, I feel, yeah, I get it. I really do. My schedule is different every day. My husband's schedule is different every day. And honestly, I feel like I found so much freedom when I like, when I crucified the idea of the normal week, Um, because I was just always saying like, well, when, when we have a normal week or, you know, when we have a normal day, um, and really had like wise people kind of speak into my life and say like, Hey, you don't have normal days. You don't have normal weeks. Like you should stop trying to work for that. (laughs) I was like, Oh, you're right. You're right. Um, so yeah, I would say interestingly, exercise is the thing I planned first. I have a group of girls that I work out with. And so typically on like Saturday or Sunday, I will just text them. We have like a running group text of gals who all go to the same gym and, um, I'll text them on Saturday or Sunday and just say like, Hey, here are the days I can work out this week. Here are the times I'm planning to work out. No pressure. Join me if you can. Um, but this is when I'm going. Um, and then as far as the word, I'm in a different season where I've found a lot of freedom and excitement just in literally just kind of trying to take my Bible with me wherever I go. Um, 
and knowing that like reading the word of God is something I get to do. It is good for me, but I don't do it because it's good for me. I do it because it's where I find hope and life and truth and, um, just some, just some good reminders about who God is and why I'm here. And so, um, I'll just grab it with me when I go. I was actually working out with my friend Kristen the other day and I was like, should we take our Bibles in right now? Like, (laughs) I just kind of feel like we might need this. Um, and so I'll read my Bible wherever I can. If it's in the car rider line at school while I'm picking my kids up, if it's, um, you know, at my office really quickly in between meetings, wherever I can just sneak it in and be reminded of some, eternal truths. I'll do it. I'll take it. Um, but I do know I've got to have like two or three mornings a week for me that are like settled down. There's a cup of coffee. There's a journal. There's a pen. I'm reading the word because that that's very life giving for me. So when you're bringing the Bible with you in the car line or at the gym, what, what are you reading? Are you kind of doing the open it up and see what you got there? Or are you going through a particular book of the Bible? Are you looking for a certain phrase topic. Yeah, I do. I do a variation of things. I read, um, there's one daily devotional that I read every day, almost every day at some point during the day. And it's, um, I, I've shared out on Instagram a few times. It's got a very ugly, unfortunate looking cover, um, (laughs) but it's called sparkling gems from the Greek. And it's just a really like it's what I love about it is that it's very intellectual, but it's also really like emotional and spiritual, um, connecting. Like it, uh, I feel like it connects my emotions to what's happening in my mind as well. Um, and it's just a really good, like little piece of new Testament every day. Um, you know, and it unpacks the Greek and there's a devotional. So I'll read that almost every day. And then I go through different seasons where I'll just, yeah, I'm more kind of a gal who's like, you know what? I, I kind of forget what's happening in Nehemiah. Like what happened there? I'm going to read Nehemiah for a few weeks or, um, I, I just kind of like try to get a sense of like, what am I missing? What am I missing? What have I not heard for a while? What am I curious about? Um, and I'll just, I'll just kind of like pick and choose and study that. And then I, because of writing books and writing Bible studies, I do find myself like going deep in studying different portions or passages for a long season. So that, my writing and teaching kind of dictates what I study a good bit as well. Mm. What does going deep look like? What do you, what do you, if you're like, I want to go deeper on this subject. What's yeah. your first step? So yeah, if I want to go deeper on a subject, I'll, I'll, I, I, I am not against like just looking in the, in the back of the book, like what, a, what passages are about this, but Typically, um, I have an idea of like a, a biblical story or an area of the Bible where this principle is shown. So I'll go ahead and read that passage multiple times. Let's say it's a gospel story. I'll try to read it if it's in multiple different gospels. Um, then for me, going deep looks like reading scripture that's connected to that. So um, just recently, I've been reading about the Babylonian exile. And so really wanting to understand that, wanting to understand what it was like to be a captive and um, for these nations to be connected and disconnected all at once. But that came from reading Psalm 126 and realizing it was written um, as the exiles were coming back to Judah. And so like, really like, okay, like, so that connects me to a whole nother portion of scripture. So, um, a lot of times I'll read just like the passages that are connected to whatever I'm reading, um, historically, um, from there, I love to dig in the Greek and the Hebrew. I don't know either, um, you know, academically, but I'll research as much as I can online. I also have a, um, 
a Greek Hebrew Bible that helps me a good bit to just kind of understand, okay, if, if I'm getting stuck on a word or a phrase, um, what does it actually mean? What was it in, what was the intention of what was meant to be said? Um, I love just checking out other, um, you know, little unpackings of scripture wherever I can find it too online. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of an all over the place, like kind of Bible study scripture digger. Like (laughs) I'll just dig in whatever, wherever I can, whatever I can get my hands on. I love it. When you said you were kind of looking around, um, you know, because one passage will refer you to another passage. It sounds a little bit like what I end up doing on Instagram. I'm just, you know, scrolling through seeing pictures of my friends, then somebody says something slightly cryptic and tag someone. So then, of course, I click on that person that they tagged, and then I don't even know this person, but then I'm trying to figure out what that cryptic thing was about. So then I scroll backward, and I, like, check out this person's whole feed because I want to know what that thing was about. Yes, And it's this, you know, we can do the same thing in the Bible. Oh, there's this psalm about this. What was that about? And and I I love the curiosity of that. Um, Yes. Do you ever get distracted? When you're trying to go deep, you're like, oh, I'm going to look this yes. up on the internet. How yes. do you fight that? Um, well, number one, I keep my to-do list with me while I'm, while I'm reading the Bible, like just at all times. I mean, I, I have to keep my to-do list with me at all times anyways. And I find that helps a lot. If I can just capture something, um, that helps me a ton. And then I'll say, I don't know if this, I don't know if most people would say this, but I also have tried to not fight distraction as much. So if let's say I'm reading the word and I I remember like, Oh, I was supposed to, um, sign this thing for my daughter's school. Like sometimes occasionally I'll kind of dig into the distraction and say like, okay, well, let me go sign it. And also, is there something here for me? Is there something, is there something here the Holy Spirit's kind of guiding me to Should I pray for her teacher right now? Like, do I need to write her a note? Um, I I've, I've found that like, especially as it pertains to internet work, you know, this as a writer, a lot of times I would, I would kind of get this idea in my head that like Bible study meant like just sitting and reading the Bible and digging, digging, digging all day for one hour, you know, and then moving on to work. And I've really started to try to see my work as more as worship. And so mm-hmm. if I'm reading the Bible and all of a sudden I'm like feeling called to like rewrite something on Instagram, I'll do it at the same time. Whereas also um, you know, if I'm exercising and I feel like I want to know, um, you know, I want to know what this, what this was said in this passage, I'll pull out my Bible and look that up while I'm exercising. Mm-hmm. Like it's all worship. It's all, it's all having access to Jesus's presence. It does really help me to start off my morning that way, but, um, I'm a worshiper and I can do that all day. And I'm also a worker and I can do that all day too. I love that. That's so good. And I think that's ultimately where we want to get people with Hello Mornings is we want them to build, you know, the little habit in the morning so they can get started. But if we can just help them just be like, okay, you know, that that morning time becomes just taking hands with Jesus and walking with him throughout the day and and him being a part of everything, of signing, you know, your daughter's paperwork. Hey, am I supposed to pray for my daughter's teacher? That is exactly... Um, that's exactly, you know, what I think is kind of the, the end goal. Of course, not saying that you have arrived, but you know, right. the, no, I definitely have the idea, <laughs> the idea of just walking with him throughout the day and, and making that planning time or that exercise time, all part of our worship of living a life for his glory. Yeah. Um, so, I wonder if you ever get this question, but I feel like a lot of times women will ask me like, 
how do you make time to be in the Bible? How do you make time to be in the word? And I think like, I, I'm going to tell you what, if you make time to do it just a little bit, you're going to make time to do it a lot. Like mm-hmm. you're going to, it's a taste and see kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like if you're in the word a little bit, it's going to be hard to keep away from it the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. You're going to, you're going to want to be around it. It's going to be like that Instagram rabbit trail where you're like, yes. oh, well, I didn't know that. Or I want to, you know, I want to learn more yes. about that. A friend of mine just sent yes. me a verse today and I was reading it and I was like, oh, well, what, what are, it was just one verse. And I was like, well, what, what was this about? What are the connotations around this? And so then I opened it up and so then I'm starting to read about it. And then I have, I have my Bible open in front of me. I have the Bible open on the iPad and then the other verse open on my phone. And I'm like just searching through things. And it really, if, if we just kind of dive in and see it kind of as a bigger thing and, and all the different ways that different things are interconnected, it really can be just such a, I don't know, such a fascinating, fun, good, yes. holy rabbit trail to go hop Yes. Down. So true. <laughs> um, okay. So planning. You are a planner. I am such a planner. What What does that look like for you? I mean, where do you want to start? <laughs> okay. Anything I can plan, I'll plan. <laughs> let's, let's actually start with the big picture. So because yeah. I think most of the time when people think about planning, they think about, okay, what's my to-do list for today? But yeah. that can just doing that can get us so off track. So I know that you're That's big about true. goals and 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 yeah, purpose and all that. So let's start there. How do you, how do you, yeah. uh, um, how do you? I guess know kind of where you're overall headed, and then how yeah. do you set goals from there? Yeah. That's such a good question. You know, I feel like business, like running a business, made me think about a lot of this for my life. But I think that it's a really helpful tool. A friend and I were like talking the other day and we were, we were just both kind of confessing that we both do this weird habit, which actually I think you're the only other person I've ever like talked to about this one. Maybe one time you and I talked about it. Maybe not. I can't remember, but, um, that I make like a mood board for my life. Yes. Make a mood board for my year. Yes. I think you're the only Uh other person I've ever Uh talked to about that. And I was telling a friend that she was like me too. I was like, yeah, it's pretty strange, but it's really helped me. Um, So I feel like business kind of drove me to that, but now it feels very personal. So, I mean, I would say I have a mission statement for my life that feels very important. And if things don't fall under that, then, then I don't want to do it. And that, and you're absolutely right. And that I think we have to start there because if I started at a to-do list, life would fill my to-do list Mm -hmm. and life would tell me what my responsibilities were like. And I, I wouldn't really have the wisdom or the time to, to ask the Holy spirit, like, what do you want me to do today? Um, but my like life mission statement is that I want to leave my generation more in awe of God than I left it. Mm. And so if, if something doesn't fit in that category, then I don't want to do it. I don't want to spend time doing it. Um, and of course there's lots of maintenance that has to happen in life so that I can do that well. Um, and there's lots of personal stuff that has to happen um, so that I can do that genuinely. If my personal life isn't in order and my family isn't in order, then that that's not going to work. Um, but I'm a big believer in having mission statements for like, you know, as many areas of life as you need to. Our family has a mission statement. Our church has a mission statement. I feel like that's my life mission statement. So that kind of helps me guide um guide the bigger picture. From there, I love doing like, where do we want to be in five years? Um, where do we need to be to get there? 
I love setting yearly goals. I never really go past five years because I've found like all the time my life is drastically different than I would have written it five years right. ago. So it kind of feels superfluous. <laughs> like that's going to be a waste. <laughs> um, but five years feels healthy to kind of say like, what would you want us to do in five years? Um, and I set yearly goals that then I break into quarterly goals that then I break into monthly goals and, um, and then tasks to actually just get done. So, um, I use Laura Casey's power sheets. They have been incredibly helpful for me, um, in setting goals. And I swear by them that it's just like one of the best parts of my year and my month. I picture you at a coffee shop getting all giddy that it's power sheet time. You are 110% <laughs> right. That is exactly what it's like. I saw she's about to release her new ones. I mean, it's, it's almost like a holiday for me and my <laughs> husband knows like I, I, I can't just, it's not like a casual thing. I, I plan out multiple days. I, I gotta be at the right spot, all the things. <laughs> so, so yeah. if you, so I, I know some people listening might feel like, okay, that sounds great for you, but it feels really overwhelming slash constraining to me. Yeah. Do you ever get that from people? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's fair. Like I think, um, I think it is definitely different strokes for different folks. I think people should do what feels the most life giving to them. Um, I do think it's just a good question to ask ourselves. Like if, if, if ever anyone fights like the whole, like, well, I don't, that's not really how my brain works. I would just say like, then answer this question. Like, how do you get where you're supposed to go? Cause, cause everybody's going to have a different version of that. But how, how do you get where you're supposed to go? Because it rarely happens for people automatically. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think, I think, yeah, for me, it happens freakishly intentionally and with a lot of planning. Um, and I would say also my version of planning is interesting in that I'm a heavy front end plan planner, but I really don't care on the back end if things go the way I planned, which is also a really helpful tool to have. Mm -hmm. Um, I I'm, I'm fine if it doesn't go that way. It's just, it just kind of gives me a roadmap to getting where I think I'm supposed to go. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that's the place to start. Like, where do you, how are you going to get where you're supposed to go? And, and how are you going to know where you're supposed to go? If you, if you don't take a minute and think about it, but, but what would be most helpful for you in getting there? You know, and I even think that in that question, if someone says this feels constraining, that's actually, maybe that's actually the whole point. Maybe that's actually the, the good thing because, you know, I don't know an Olympic athlete who, okay, I don't know any Olympic athletes. It was really just a term for us. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know any, we'll just go with any very serious athletes um, who probably didn't feel constrained, extremely constrained by their practice yeah. schedule, by their nutrition, by the sleep that they were supposed to get, by all the things that were imposed on them. And it's that very, um, the very act of constraining, of setting those boundaries yeah. That gives us the focus we need to get where, where we need to go. Now, again, saying I, I don't think the exact form of planning is for everyone. I actually have a friend right. uh, who who is a very strong planner, and she felt for a season that she was just not supposed to plan. And she owns a business, like a very successful business. Mm. And she felt like she was just not supposed to write any to-do list. It was for like maybe three months or something and just be like, okay, Lord, what am I supposed to do next? And just really yeah. work with him for that season. And so, you know, I don't think it's a, a one-size-fits-all thing, but I do... I do think there are probably plenty of us who at different seasons maybe cop out a little bit and say, I don't really want to plan. So I'm just going to say I'm not a planner 
When in actuality, taking that step could be the very thing we need to get us where we need to go. Absolutely. Um, So you plan out all these things. When it gets down from the five-year to the yearly to the quarterly to the task to the day to you sit down to do it, do you ever not want to do it? Hmm. Do I ever not want to plan? Not want to do the thing, the task, then that's right in front of me. Okay. You I was like, no, you get. I always want to plan. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and, and I listen yeah. to that. I, th- I, I totally listen to that voice. I mean, I'm a big believer in like not, not hitting your goals or not completing the tasks is not failure. It's a, it's something to listen to. Like, was it not the right time? Um, did it, re- did it not matter as much as I thought it would? Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I don't always want to do it. And, and sometimes I just don't, I would say actually most of the times I just don't. Do you, um, what about the times uh, when you sit down to do something and you don't want to do it, but you know that you should do it? Yeah, I know. That's why I was kind of like, Hmm. Again, I think it goes back to me for the, like, for the, like reading the Bible thing. I'm a big, in our church, we use the phrase, it's a get to, not a have to. Hmm. Um, and I am like, um, it's, it's also the like Christian hedonistic idea, right. That we just like really should enjoy the things we have to do. Um, but some of it we don't. So I would say, yes, I do feel that. Um, I also, I mean, I really pay attention to it. Like do, is it something I should do? Like, is it, is it really something I should do? Is it something like culture says I should do? Or is it something like that the Lord would have me do for my benefit. And then I would try to find that benefit mm-hmm. and like heavily lean into it. Mm-hmm. So, um, like exercising, do I want to get up at 5am most mornings? No, definitely not. <laughs> but I, I have felt the fruit so heavily that I, I can lean into that more than anything else, you know, when it's time to get mm-hmm. up. Um, so yeah, I, I absolutely do feel that for sure. I heard Heather McFadden. Do you know Heather? Yes. Yeah, yeah. She uh, she said the other day, should is not a sustainable why. No, should is not a sustainable why. I was like, that's I have good. Um, a large chapter in my book, um, not a large chapter, but a, a large section in my, in my upcoming book about like why I just don't use the word should anymore. Mm. And I watch myself so carefully um, now to not say it. Um, but I, I, when it really came down to it, like I couldn't think of anything I want, I would tell anyone else they should do Mm -hmm. nothing. There's nothing I would tell someone they should do. There's a lot of things I would tell people like you get to do this, but I just, I don't even think the Bible speaks to like, you should do blank because it's expected of you or it's needed of you. But all of the, the like really healthy, beautiful things that sometimes are hard, that we feel like we have to do are for our, like for our good. Mm -hmm. And so if we can, if we can, I don't think it's just semantics. If we can work from that motivation, everything's different. Absolutely. So you mentioned your book. Let's talk a little bit about it. Uh, You're like, yes. Okay. So tell us a little bit. (laughs) I love talking about the book. It's called Dance, Stand, Run, The Inspired Moves of a Woman on Holy Ground. Tell us a little bit about what 
because this wasn't what your next book was originally going to be about. No, it's not. It was going to be a light, fluffy, airy, um, easy, write and easy read. It was going to, the book was originally going to be about, um, having no filter and being honest with God and being honest with people. Um, and the Lord just kind of shifted that path. I, I really felt him, um, convicting me and correcting me about my views on grace and holiness. And, um, so much so that I felt compelled to write about it and kind of go first and take one for the team and say, Hey, I'll, I'll say how I haven't really handled this well or understood this well. Um, and yeah, and, but it's about dancing in grace and standing our holy ground and running on mission. You know, it seems like such a perfect topic for this podcast and for the topic of this podcast about our morning routines and, and really yeah. on, on all the different aspects of it, of, of God time and plan time and move time, because most people vacillate between, you know, excessive grace in those areas yes. or excessive pursuit of holiness in those areas. Yes. So yes. tell us a little bit about the, the relationship between grace yeah. and holiness. Absolutely. Um, well, I find that most people think about the relationship as like a balance um, like, oh, well, we need a balance or we need to swing between one or the other. I think most of us, that's the default in our mind that we think like sometimes are times for grace and sometimes are times for truth and that we need both, which sounds really logical. I, I can get how we got there. Um, but I think really what the, what the word speaks to is a lot more of like, we need full blown grace all the time and we need full blown truth all the time. We need both at once all the time. Um, and that really one doesn't make sense without the other. Grace doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It's not very compelling without holiness. Um, and we really are like not in a safe spot to talk about holiness without grace, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, I know you're not a sporty, loving person. Um, <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> but it really made me think about tennis. Okay. So my daughter plays tennis and I grew up playing tennis and there's this book called the inner game of tennis. I know it sounds totally nerdy, but I love it. They talk about this one concept of when you play tennis, there's like these two versions of yourself. There's, um, let's, uh, uh, let's call it self one and self two is what I think they call it. Um, but self one is kind of the evaluator. And then self two is like the action taker. The the self two is the one who already, you know, when you go out to play match, you already know how to play the sport. You've been playing it for years. Your body knows exactly what to do. And then self one is the evaluator. And so you're playing a match and you totally miss hit a ball. It flies out. And the evaluator is like, wow, that was awful. That was terrible. You stink. Oh, why are you even out here? Why are you even trying to play this match? You're totally going to lose. Yeah. And so in the book, they say, you know, you kind of need to silence the evaluator and just let the action taker do its thing. It knows what to do. And so you keep moving forward. And so what they say is to encourage you to just let the evaluator notice, but not judge. Mm. So mm. you can say, wow, that hit went really far away from the court. That was interesting. Then let the action yeah. taker just do the thing that you're supposed to do. And, or, wow, you, that, that served wholly went into the bottom of the net. That's interesting. Let's keep playing yeah. this match. And so as, as I was reading your book, I was like, that kind of feels like the dance between grace and, and holiness. It's to, to not judge. And then, but then to, to, I love the call to holiness because sometimes when we just focus on grace, it just holds us back. 
And without that call to holiness that keeps us moving forward and keeps us pushing onward. And so I love, love the heart behind that. So Mm, thank you. So for a woman picking up this book, but maybe is a little nervous to read a book about holiness. Yes. What would you say to her? I would say to her that don't be scared. Number one, like you were made to do this. You're the girl for the job. And I would also say um, that I think it's really important that we change just the language and the expectancy um, about the way we talk about holiness, that um, we kind of have the capacity to change it from this scary thing and into this really beautiful conversation about um, not even our responsibilities, but the the beautiful abundance that's been purchased for us and and really afforded to us by Jesus. And so, um, yeah, I think it's time that it's going to take all of us, not just me, but not being scared and us just kind of changing the language and changing the conversation away from, um, judgment and away from the harder parts of holiness and into some of the more beautiful parts of holiness. Because I think a lot of times when people hear the word holy, they think about some pious person standing in church, looking at them like they're not doing the things that they should do. What picture would you want to put in a woman's mind when she thinks about holiness? Oh, man, that's a that's the number one question. Um, (laughs) I would want to. A picture of a woman really stepping into the God inspired moves. Um, of abundance, of her walking in relationship and receiving grace and experiencing grace. And that means not being perfect because um, we can't be the experts on grace unless we need it. I'd want her to imagine um, a woman being in the world and not being sequestered away from it and not being scared of it, but believing that God brought her there on purpose. And I'd love to just change the picture of what it looks like to run on mission for us to stop thinking less about um, the extreme things that we need to do to share Jesus and um, all the ways that we need to be perfect to do that well. And instead, just think about the capacity and the influence we have right where we're at to bring hope and life and encouragement and the name of Jesus right where we're at. Kind of like you were talking earlier about bringing your Bible wherever you go, just reading it wherever and doing the same thing with the mission that he's called us to. Yeah. That's so good. Just where can people find you online? Where can they find your book? I'm Jess A. Connolly on all social media, and they can find out all about the book on dancestandrun.com. Awesome. Thank you so much for being with us today, Jess. Thank you for having me. All right. You have a good day. You too. Bye, girl. Bye. Wasn't that so great? I just love Jess. She has so much wisdom, so many practical ideas, and I hope you're able to pull out several great nuggets that you can implement into your life. Now, don't forget to check out her book and her website and join us next time for the next episode of the Hello Mornings podcast. We're going to be talking about how to have a healthy breakfast, how to start the day off right. This sounds so simple, but it is so key to us living lives purposefully because if we don't start the day with the right stuff in us, we're lagging and tired or don't feel good. So Allison Schaff is going to be joining us. She's the founder of Prep Dish and she shares some really, really great tips. I know you're going to love it. So join us next time with Hello Morning's podcast and thanks so much for being with us today. It's early in the morning, the house is quiet. 
jenstanbro.com Jen Stanbro. You can get your copy at iTunes, Amazon, or jenstanbro.com. <laughs> 